From APM, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Private tutoring used to be something only available to a privileged few, but research shows that this kind of individualized attention can be key to closing the achievement gap. The Chicago Public Schools tested a tutoring program that helped struggling students improve dramatically over the course of a single school year. Researchers at Northwestern University and the University of Chicago used randomized control trials to test the daily tutoring program and found it improved student learning, narrowed test score gaps, and boosted graduation rates for disadvantaged students. Now the research team is recommending the program be scaled up and available to all 3rd through 10th grade students who are falling behind in math. It may sound expensive, but as economist Jonathan Gurian will tell us, he and his colleagues have outlined a way to expand this program nationally at a manageable cost. Gurian is a fellow at Northwestern University's Institute for Policy Research, and he joins me from Chicago. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you start by explaining how this uh, tutoring program in Chicago works? Sure. So it is a uh, a two-on-one tutoring program, meaning that each tutor tutors two kids at a time. It happens in school every day. Um, Right now, we're doing it in Chicago, in the Chicago Public Schools, and several neighborhood high schools. The ninth and 10th graders who are in the program, uh, they have a a tutor they're assigned to for the entire school year, typically. The tutor will work with them on the math that um, is at sort of their level of math skills and math knowledge, um, and also on the math that they're working on in their regular math class. So it's in addition to the regular math class. This may seem like a simple question, but why does tutoring work so well to help these struggling students? The way I, I think about it is to think about uh, a, a regular math classroom. There are kids in ninth and tenth grade who are at you know fourth, fifth grade levels of math skills, but others are at a ninth, tenth, eleventh grade math skill level. And so there's this enormous amount of variation in what the, the students are able to do. And teaching, being one one teacher trying to teach uh, students with that much variation is just very difficult. So. The idea behind the tutoring is that when you have uh, two students and one tutor, the tutor can meet the kid where they where they are. So a kid who is at a fifth grade level of math, the tutor can work on those basic skills and work on them with the student, uh, present to the student with material that he or she is uh, you know ready to to learn based on what he, what they already knew. Um, and then as that student learns and masters the material, the tutor can move with the student as fast as the student is, is able and ready to go. And students can catch up, essentially, to uh, where the rest of the class is. Now, a lot of people are going to hear this and think, well, that sounds awfully expensive. What are the economics of it? How can you argue for this as, a, as something that ought to be adopted on a wider scale? Yeah, so that's a great that's a great question, and it's something that, as economists, we're um, you know very focused on. I think one way to think about their in a, their their sort of insight is that by simplifying the the task of instruction to one where there's there's only two students, the the focus is on basic skills, moving kids up. There are just far more people who are prepared and ready to go in and do that job, the job of being a tutor. It's possible to attract very talented people who are willing to do it for maybe a year to do service, for instance, after a year of call, after finishing college, for much lower um, salaries 
but it's a lot less demanding and requires a lot less experience um, than being a classroom teacher. And so for that reason, they can attract a talented and effective people at lower at lower pay. Now, at American Radio Works over the years, we've looked at different kinds of uh, technological interventions for uh, for learning, everything from personalized lesson plans that use technology to uh, sort of online tutoring systems that are responsive to the answers that the students are giving. Wouldn't it be cheaper to use some of this technology than human beings? Well, certainly it would be cheaper. What we've done is we've tested this model that involves tutors, to you know, one, one tutor to two students, and we found that it's quite effective. It increases students' test scores. It leads to them be about 50% less likely to fail their math class. They're even significantly less likely to fail their non-math classes. You know, one way to think about the program and why it's effective is, you know, if you can figure out a way to get kids to do math problems for 40 minutes a day, say, every day of the year for an entire year, they get better at it. That's maybe not that surprising. The, the question is, how do you get kids to spend 40 minutes a day doing math every day. And so uh, it may be that having a person across the table from you who's with you every day, who you get to know and who t- tells you that they're sure that you can do this um, and helps you get through the hard parts when you're facing a problem that is kind of you know, challenging, that that is really important for you know, getting somebody to start engaging in, in doing math you know, for a sustained amount of time every day for an entire year. Now, math is the rocky coastline that a lot of high school students end up running aground on. Um, But what about other subjects, science, language arts? Do you think tutoring is going to be as effective and as important as in those areas as it might be in mathematics? I think that's a fantastic question. I mean, you know, we we started with math partially because um, we thought that math was a very important subject. You know, there's certainly debates about this, but there's a fairly well-accepted order in which, uh, you, you know, you can sort of learn math concepts. They build on each other. Math is also a subject that, relative to some other subjects, uh, a lot of the learning happens in school as opposed to out of school. So in some ways, math is probably uh, among the best-suited subjects for this. But the the idea of the importance of individualization of learning, sort of individualized learning, and individual attention and the ability for, you know, kids to be working on material that is at their level and uh, that allows students to progress at whatever rate that they're, they're able to. Those are ideas that it seems like they, they should be uh, important for other subjects as well. And so, you know, I, I envision trying to do it for other subjects like science and writing and history and maybe others. You'd like to scale up this tutoring program as a nationwide thing. How do you go about doing that? What's the argument you make, and and, and how do you make it happen? We made a proposal that um, school districts uh, that receive Title I funding, so that Title I is the, uh, the major federal source of funds for public schools in the United States for low-income students, that they consider offering a math tutorial program of the sort that we've studied here to all third through 10th grade students who are at least two grades behind grade level. The way we envision this program is something like a, like a safety net for kids who fall behind. 
uh, to try and support what's going on in the rest of the school by targeting kids who have fallen behind a couple grades. And uh, if you, our idea is that if you intervene with kids once, once they fall behind at some point, that the program can get them back up to grade level, and then that will um, be, help the classroom teachers to be able to have, have more of the classroom at, at grade level and help, help them to be more effective. You asked earlier about, about cost. So one obvious concern is about, you know, how much, how much this would cost. And w- one part of our proposal is to point out that Title I funding, um, historically there have been um, restrictions on the types of things that you could use Title I funding to do, and many of those have been uh, relaxed with the uh, reauthorization of the federal law that, that authorizes the Title I funding. And so that, that was reauthorized um, just recently. And so school districts have a lot more flexibility in terms of what they can spend their Title I funds on. And the size of the effects that we've seen for this tutoring program suggests that it could be an effective way to narrow achievement gaps if it were implemented on a wide scale. And so we hope that school districts consider using their title, the Title I funds that they already have and help uh, bring kids who are far, far behind grade level back up to grade level. And what's the national uptake been, or is it too early to tell? It's it's too early early to tell. Um, you know, we've talked to some other school districts, and there's definitely some interest about expanding it to some other large districts. And um, you know, our hope is that you know, as we continue to do research and you know, learn about whether this continues to replicate and and show show if it works, then it, you know, if it does continue to have the positive effects that we've been finding, that other districts will. We'll see that and see this as a potential good use of their funds to provide a service to students and help uh, narrow achievement gaps that um, I think, you know, we're all sort of interested in, in seeing, seeing close. Economist Jonathan Gurian is a fellow at Northwestern University's Institute for Policy Research, and he joined me from Chicago. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find a link to the policy proposal Gurian co-authored at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. You'll also find there more podcasts about issues in K-12 and higher education and an archive of more than 100 documentary projects. We would love to hear what this podcast made you think about and whether or not you'll share it with others. Did it change your ideas about the importance of personalized learning? Let us know at AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can click on the About page and scroll down to Share Your Impact Story. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, Lumina Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.